Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to the Splitting Hairs podcast brought to you by Jackrabbit Illustrated. We are the B team. I'm Brendan, accompanied as always by Ben. Um, thank you all for listening. We do a terrible job at uh, thanking everybody for tuning in. Feel free to ask any questions if you're watching on Facebook Live. If you're um, listening on the podcast as you're driving into work or anything like that, just yell really loud at the radio or at your phone, and we won't answer your question. So <laughs> it's a lot of fun this weekend. That game was awesome, except for the first quarter. Um, I was I was told to watch my mouth in the first quarter because I had my daughter around and my wife sent her down to tell me to watch my mouth because I may have had a couple choice words <laughs> as it was going on there. But that was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, man. Uh, like you said, after that, after the first quarter, you know, and especially after Gronowski fumbled, I was like, oh, man, it's going to be one of these games where we just. You know, we look like we should be winning, but we're just going to struggle the whole game and had me worried. But, man, our our defense showed out and then the run game just took over after that. Yeah, um, I mean, it it really started off with we we're moving the ball up and down the field on them and then just kept having mistakes and having mistakes and it it felt like it was going to be one of those games, man, where we were. We were going to really should have run away. It was starting to feel like UND, to be honest. And then we had calls go against us that shouldn't have um, that call. I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna address the elephant in the room. That, that holding call was garbage. Okay, It looked like a hold if you watch the replay. What happened is he caught that guy in a spin move on his back and just slammed him to the ground. The reason he got mm-hmm. called is he left his left arm hanging out there around him. But he caught that guy stone cold in the in a in a spin and slapped him to the turf like he's supposed to. The, his hand positioning made it look like it because the guy rolled into his arms. Um, so I can sort of understand that one. But then that fumble, that call is just beyond words. The only thing I can think they saw was they went to throw the ball. You know, he obviously made a throwing motion and it bounced off our guy. And for some reason, when they saw it hit our guy, they had just snorted some coke <laughs> off of the table and got the call. And went, oh, God, we got to do re- review. And then went, uh, he threw it and it hit the guy. So it must have been going forwards because it wasn't. It, it was it was just terrible. And then yeah. immediately follow that up with that other fumble that looked like a fumble. And they're just called it not a fumble on the field. So that didn't get reviewed either. Leading to three points was just brutal. No, I know. The real problem with the the one where he was they they fumbled the snap, he was going backwards, and then he tried to throw it up. The real problem is that it should have been a, an intentional grounding, but they right. can't assess that after exactly. review. Right. That rule is dumb. I mean that in that instance, they should be able to assess that penalty yes. because that makes the most sense. I mean, yeah, it makes zero to... sense to overturn something and then they get they escape a penalty because of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, I hope they look at that because that is just stupid. I don't I don't know if that's ever happened in the NFL, but I, I think that's the same thing. They can't assess a penalty in, in a in a review. So I don't know. I It'd be interesting to see if it happened in, in an NFL game, what would happen. But, no, that was – yeah, uh, that was frustrating to watch. Um, and then even on that on that uh, kickoff where they did fumble and then yep. they had to review that one to get it right. So, Which was obvious. It was out yeah. way before he hit. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. But, uh, honestly, the Missouri Valley has a huge officiating problem this year. The it's officials been... have been atrocious. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're lucky it hasn't cost us more games than it has. I mean, I I hate to uh, I don't know pitch about it too much, but it's been pretty bad. Um, a lot yeah. of bad calls, missed calls. It's just been ugly. Yeah, I mean it's it's been brutal, um, almost as brutal as the sun down in southern Illinois. If anybody uh, saw Kyle's face, <laughs> um, him and Dallas got to go to the game, which looked like a hoot. They sell beer there; they had a blast. Apparently, Kyle was loud, which is fantastic. Um, but have you ever 
ever in your life heard of a guy from Texas going to Illinois and coming back with a sunburn? It is odd. It is odd. That makes it no makes, sense. Like, is he just he's even? <laughs> he must have. He must have been hibernating all winter. And he just, this is the first time he got out in the sun in a while. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure they get sun most of the winter. That's what I, well, you know what happened? He's in Texas now, and then they had a snowstorm, so he hibernated. And he just went, yeah, oh, I'm, I live in Texas to not deal with this, and I'm yeah. staying inside. And he only got drawn out uh, by, <laughs> by, um, <laughs> by the football game. So it, it was a blast. Uh, there was so much yeah. good stuff going on in that game. Yeah. So, I mean, the crazy thing, you know, looking at the stats from it is, you know, we scored, was it 44 points, I believe? Yes. Yeah, 44 to three is what we won. And you'd think, man, uh, Gronowski must have had a big game. Like he must have just tossed it all over the field. Must have been some deep passes. No, all he had to do was go seven for 11 for 63 yards and no touchdowns, no interceptions, obviously, because we went 392 yards rushing. It was beautiful. Holy for an average of six, six point four yards per rush. Gronowski got a hundred of those. So, I mean, he did some work. Right. Oh, Um, but man, Isaiah Davis, like uh, we were clamoring for him to get the ball he got it and he did something with it. And I think that's a sign of things to come for him. I think we'll see a lot of Isaiah Davis the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, Isaiah's running style of just hard nose is going to be, it's something we were missing because Pierre mm-hmm. um, has kind of got Le'Veon Bell to him mm-hmm. where he, he like, and agonizingly long sits back there and, and reads and finds the hole. Um, and and he's doing a lot more of that this year. I don't know how much I love that, but I mean he's obviously producing really at a high level, so you can't complain. But the way Isaiah runs is going to be awesome for short yardage things like that. And the really impressive thing to me was there was some three yard runs we got where there were three yard runs, but the entire offensive, the whole line of scrimmage got moved three yards by our mm-hmm. offensive line, and then. Isaiah just really actually ran into our offensive lineman at three yards, but they had gotten that much push. And Southern Illinois, that was their their weakness as a defense was was more running. They they were ranked like eighth in the eighth in the uh, um, conference when it comes to that. But yeah, that was so fun to watch. And that that fir- that first touchdown drive just snatched the soul from Southern Illinois. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, having, I think it was like a nine, almost 10 minute drive. Is that right? Uh, if I remember, we just ate up a bunch of clock. Um, and so that was awesome to see. But I mean, yeah, you could tell that our offensive line took it upon themselves to really establish the run. And just, I mean, they knew what we were going to do. Like we right. were barely even threatening to pass the ball. We just said, right, stop us. And they yep. couldn't. They, they, had, had, no. had, <laughs> they had nothing. And <laughs> we we do have uh some questions rolling rolling in. We've got uh we've got love five it. questions here. Uh first thing from Matt, love the hat. Obviously, go brew crew. Um, you know, not not a Twinkies guy here. Matt and I are Wisconsin sports guys, so that's a good deal. Um, he also asked, we gotta do the boss's questions first, guys. So I apologize <laughs> to Chad, you're gonna be up here. Um, Matt also is asking, what is Brendan drinking tonight? And tonight I am drinking a sparkling ice uh carbonated uh water. It's the only way I'll drink water, actually. So um, zero sugar. Look at you though. Yeah, I, I know. Uh we've been doing uh kind of the keto diet around the house. Right. I haven't, my wife more so than I, but she's absolutely killing it so she lost Good like 32 pounds in like two weeks or two weeks nice. two months so that is awesome um chad does have a point with this question uh again with the green cups do you hate glassware They're, it's I, not hey, even man. a glassware thing this I is bought... basically marker week and you are using a green cup it's not marker week uh, these will be gone before next week i promise this you. is 
I you know I don't I don't know if I believe that right now. That is I, that is, I drink enough red beers that'll be gone. But, <laughs> yeah, I hope so. <laughs> uh, no, I bought a pack of these for like St. Patrick's Day, and I'm just working my way through them. Should I just toss them? Yes. Don't want to be wasteful. You can be wasteful. They're green. They're garbage already. No. I'll, I'll work my way through. I'll try to get some blue ones for the podcast just to make you guys happy. Right. Um, and we got a we we got other questions from Chad. We'll get to in a little bit when we're uh, done with the Southern Illinois game here a little bit. Um, I think really um, looking at kind of because there was this wasn't a perfect game by any stretch. It was a really good three quarters. But there was some imperfections that definitely could be worked on looking at that game, namely the the blocked kick. Mm-hmm. And I know it was mentioned uh, somewhere. It seems Fromm has kind of a low angle on his kicks. And rewatching the first part of and just watching his kicks, he does have a lower traje- trajectory on his kicks. And how much do you want to really? mess with that when mm-hmm. the guy's hitting 52 yarders and his accuracy accuracy outside of one or two when we had a whole bunch of snapping issues and things happen do you want to really mess with that i don't know but looking at the block kick i'm not so sure it was all on blocking because it looked a lot like to me it was guys up the middle just jumping like they put just- all dudes in the middle to jump and block it yeah i mean sometimes they just get a good jump on it and i think that's what that was so I'm not too concerned about that. Um, I do want to give a shout out to Jordan Meacham. Um, he got 13 carries for 88 yards, uh, yep. which is a solid average. Um, I think we'll see more of him too. Um, I was excited to see what he could do because he hasn't really had many opportunities yet. And you know, you saw he's just got a different pace to him. I mean, he's yes. not. He's probably. I don't think he's. I don't know if he's faster than strong like straight line speed, but he's, he's quicker. Probably he's got quicker. Yep. Yeah. So it's got, it's a different, it's a change of pace. And, and when you start shuffling guys through like between strong and Davis and Meacham that got each one has a different running style and pace to him, that yep. be, becomes tough to stop. You start kind of second guessing yourself, you know, do I need to get there quicker, you know, or do I need to really make sure I go low on this guy because he's going to run me over, you know? So right. it, uh, I, I'm hoping even if, even when Strong gets back, that, that we continue kind of a three headed approach to this because I think it could be a really good thing going forward. And if, if Strong does have any lingering um, injury issues, then mm-hmm. let's lighten his workload. We've got these other right. two really, really good backs that have proven they can uh, tote the ball. So let's use them. Yeah, a hundred percent agreed. You know, Meacham's he he's such, he is a huge weapon, especially outside the tackles. If you can get him into space, I mean, he's the there's a lot of things you can use him for. I would think you know screen plays and things like that, where he's just deadly once he's moving because he is so quick um, and shifty, and he is fast. Like he's not slow he's he's fast you know so i really hope to you know and i think some of that is a little bit more of a commitment to the run game i mean it's not saying we haven't been committed in the other games but it has felt like there's times because granowski has hit that deep ball so well that the offense kind of gets out of sync because we get a little bit in love with passing the ball deep and taking shots instead of pounding them like i mean that's what we did southern Illinois. we pounded and pounded and pounded and it kept working so we kept with it and why wouldn't you but it feels Mm -hmm. like sometimes we might have had the opportunity and i'm obviously not a coach but it felt like we've had the opportunity to do that this season and haven't necessarily done that yeah i it'll be interesting to see going forward like you said i don't i don't before this game we hadn't really committed to the run game um and i think at times we would try to where we do like we would do three runs in a series in a row and they would just two of them would get stuffed and then we'd get discouraged so then we just go to the pass game um so it was encouraging to see us really commit to it and be successful with it because that i mean that'll open up passing then at some point Mm -hmm. i mean you you get a team to recognize how good we are at the run game and and if we want to commit to we can do it then you know they'll have to respect that, and uh, so I think 
yeah, good things to come. I mean, uh, a huge, huge win and a ton of positive things come out of that game. Right. Um, and obviously, you know, from uh, potential playoff implications, I mean, it was a must win, but winning like that, even it, it, it increases the importance of it. Cause I mean, right. if you win by three points, it's like, Oh, they kind of skated by, but I mean, we just completely dominated that game. And don't forget, this is a team that beat NDSU. Right. It, by a lot. They beat the brakes off. Right. And um, they showed the formula for that. But um, th- my last positive that I noticed in this Southern Illinois game before we just went, you know what? We can run them over like a dump truck um, and did some passing. It's not just the Yankee boys. It's not just Jackson and Jaden. Um, Canyon Bauer is starting to be a really good third option mm-hmm. and he hit both tight ends if i remember right yep you got a couple and, to craft yep i mean that to me shows that he, that gronowski's really developing as a quarterback when mm-hmm. you start being able to spread the ball around like that it feels like he is really getting through his reads he's starting to see He's starting to read the defenses he's getting thrown at him and seeing what options probably going to be the most available to him. And that to me is an awesome sign to see. Cause at the beginning of the year, we were, everybody was sitting there going, boy, I hope we have somebody other than Jackson mm-hmm. as a weapon. And now it feels like we got five guys without having a, a back as a weapon out of the backfield. If you don't count them, we've got five guys who all are, capable of being involved fairly heavily in the passing game yeah it was nice to see Kraft get involved coming back off an injury and then yeah i i like to echo the statement on bauer i mean he had that touchdown called back um but even outside of that there was one i think it was a third down conversion where uh, i think he got to the sticks it was kind of a hitch route and granowski kind of threw it up a little high and bauer went up and got it i mean he was it was a good like possession receiver catch and I hadn't seen him that out of him yet, and I was I was happy to see that. Um, it seems like I don't know if the game is starting to slow down for him a little bit, but it kind of seemed like he'd just be running wild on a route, and if the ball was off a little bit, he just couldn't uh, adjust to it. Um, so it was just it was good, encouraging to see, and hopefully we continue to see him develop because, like you said, having that third and fourth and fifth option is huge in the passing game. Right. So moving on, and, and Chad will help us segue here uh, with his question. Um, what are our thoughts on Stig's approach to the not-bye week? I think that's Chad calling it the not-a-bye-week, but-a-bye-week. Um, how smart is it to do it that way, or is that a missed opportunity? Um, listening, you know, uh, I wasn't able to listen to the coaches' show this week, but I know listening to um, the Absolutely team earlier, I mean the A-team, Matt and Kyle, <laughs> um, they uh, they they – they were talking about this, said um, Stig reached out to uh, Shannon Moore, used to be uh, one of our coaches on the staff for running backs and tight ends, things like that. And um, he, he coaches at Wyoming now, and he asked them how they handled it because um, coaches are always talking to other coaches all the time to see how you handled this team and things like that. Uh, and basically they're giving the guys a couple of weeks off. Um, is it a missed opportunity? No, I don't think so at all, because um, I'm when I go off on this Illinois State situation, and I'm going to, um, <laughs> these guys, this is not a regular season in any shape or form. I would argue that this team in this fall has put more effort and more time and committed more of themselves to playing this spring football season than they've ever had to for another season period because they had to practice they had their a big stretch of practices in the fall that was more than spring ball plus that and then they were coming back over christmas break to play and practice they were coming back they haven't had any of their traditional spring break they gave that all up which yeah the basketball team does that well the football team doesn't football team plays in the fall and it's football is really hard on the body. Even if it is just practices, these guys have been doing extra film session. They've been through this whole thing. You can talk to, to players, parents, they have done an extraordinary amount of time and effort. 
these players have put into this season. And we have not, and with an eight-game straight season, yeah, there's a bye week at the end. The thing that scared me about this season going into it was this last stretch of games that were going to be really physical. So having this week off and giving the guys a couple days off to themselves to relax and things like that, I don't think that's a missed opportunity anyways. And I bet you a lot of these these guys who are starters and things like that probably are sneaking in to get some more film. But I think it's really good for them to get a mental break from everything. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't mind the break. Um, it's been a tough season so far and uh, it'd be nice to be able to get recharged and for next, for a couple of big games coming up, um, you know, it would have been nice to play the game this weekend, obviously, but um, it, it also gives an opportunity to heal up and, and be really fresh coming into the NDSU game. So yeah, I, I'd say take advantage of that and, and really make sure you, you have everybody ready to go come come the next weekend. And the other thing of it is, too, with this being a, a open week, you don't have your travel days and your regular mm-hmm. pregame schedule where your practices are done on a Thursday. They can practice Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then have the weekend off and get back into it. So you're getting three extra days of practice anyways. <clears throat> and this is how NFL teams do it. When NFL teams have a bye week, they get the guys get extra games off or days off. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I know it's different from professionals to collegiate guys to a degree, but there's a reason they do that, you mm-hmm. know. And yeah, so but that being said, with this weekend being canceled in Illinois State, I mean, we've got to talk about it, right? Yeah, so for those that haven't heard yet. Um, hopefully you're not planning on going to a game this weekend because it's not happening. Um, yep. Illinois state has decided to call it quits on the season. Um, they've said that we've had enough. We've got, they claim they have too many injury problems and that they are just done with the spring season and they want to focus on the fall. Um, you can, can view it a lot of different ways, but I'm excited to, to hear Brendan's take on it. Okay. <clears throat> well, before I get into this, Chad said I didn't mean that as a negative. I think it um, is something else. So I, he didn't mean it as a negative. That's my fault for taking it that way. I apologize. Um, that's on me. Um, <clears throat> but going into that more, um, the Illinois State thing, I am fired up about it. I'm not fired up about it as a fan. We miss it, it for, for an SDSU standpoint. Um, we can get into the repercussions of it after this in a little bit, but realistically it's sort of somewhat of a blessing. You're missing out on a trap game, all that sort of stuff. But when you call it quits mid season like this, it's not, it's, this isn't me as a fan. Okay. This is me looking at this as a fan of like the conference and of the sport. Overall, you agreed to play the spring game, and this isn't because of you agreed to it, you have to finish it. No, you agreed to have a season. You agreed to have a season. You didn't agree to have a season until you wanted to stop because that would imply this isn't a real season. This is a fake season. And when people say it's a fake season, you are spitting in the face of every athlete that is on these teams right now that we are watching play. Go to one of these games and watch or watch on TV. Tell me these guys are out here playing like it's not a real season. The only people I see saying it's not a real season mostly are fans of teams that aren't doing well and they're using the excuse. But for you to say that, I dare you, I will pay you $50 if I get to videotape it to have you walk up and tell the offensive line that this is a fake season. Go ahead and tell them that all this work all this effort, all the blood, sweat, and tears that these boys have been putting into this game, into these games this spring, and putting it on the line all spring, you go out and tell any one of those guys, this is a fake season. It doesn't count anyways. Tell them the effort they're putting in doesn't count. And that's what this does. Illinois State and Brock's back, well, we it's for the safety of the players. 
No, it's not. It's for the safety of your fall season. And I get it. I understand why he would do it. Matt had a great article detailing the reasons of both sides of why it's okay for them to, why it is and isn't okay for them to do this, that sort of thing. I get the logic. He's bailing to save his fall season. That's what this is. Because if they're in the playoff hunt, they are not giving up this season. Guaranteed. Full stop. They're not. Yeah. So it, you, even with even with all the injury problems they do have, like they they'll they deal with it. Well, and here's my thing. Like Nick Hills, Nick Hills pissed from Southern Illinois because realistically they probably needed this game against Illinois State to help bolster their playoff resume. But like Nick Hill said, we agreed before the season. Like if this was COVID, I get it. It's fine. All right, it happens. There's only three games left, and this year doesn't count. Against any against anybody's eligibility, there's 90 people on that football roster. Well, they had 30 people lost. I guarantee you, they don't have 30 injuries. Before the season, they lost 20 some odd guys to transfer, graduation, and the NFL draft. They knew that going in. If that was going to be the case, you go the Indiana State route and you back out. You go on the Illinois State board. All their fans, most of their fans, are going. I didn't see any injuries through a defensive lineman. So all this is to me is a slap in the face to what the effort that all these other teams are doing. And if it causes a cascading effect that costs somebody the playoffs, like Missouri State, say Missouri, I don't know what Missouri State's finishing schedule is here, but if USD drops out when they see, I mean, they could, they're, they're looking terrible. You and I could drop out. They lost McElvain for COVID. So he's out for at least, uh, probably this week as well. He was out last week. So, I mean, this wouldn't happen in a regular season. And I get trying to protect your fall season, but if you're telling these people it's not a real season, then why did you play? Yeah, I mean, I, what it boils down, it, no matter how you cut it up, it's selfish. It's pure yes. selfish to do what they did. Yep. Um, you can come up with as many reasons as you want and excuses, but it was just selfish because – you're you're only looking out for yourself and and your your fall season um yeah so that's i mean that's to me that's where it starts and ends is it's a selfish move um it did it, ek um retweeted uh he got specs. yeah yeah that which is i i enjoyed the hell of it it was so it spec, was beautiful uh, when when their game got canceled against missouri state he tweeted some a video it was a cheesy video of like Very anywhere dramatic. anywhere anytime we'll play and then they yep. end up quitting on the season it's like right oh man that really backfired on him how do you do that i mean eating your words and and the thing that fires me up the most about it thinking about guys like jabori gibbs the guy who just put his heart and soul into the into this and he's been putting it into the program to battle back from injury comes out there out there playing and then blows his knee i i, I don't i guess i haven't heard what the extent of his injury is but it yeah. looked really bad and jabori if you're listening um i'd be shocked if any of the players do listen i know <laughs> some parents do i think but man we really hope the best for you that sucks that was far and away the worst thing of this this spring by far oh for sure yeah and i mean you know these like you know in season ending injuries are going to happen in a football season mm -hmm. and you know it's going to affect when the seasons are this close it was going to affect the fall but just oh, it burns my ass to for basically look at guys like that and go it's a fake season we're quitting anyways that that's the essence of what he says right there is this isn't a real season it doesn't count to me well you got some balls back to say that to your to your players. You know, all these guys that got hurt and go, right, you did it for nothing. That mm -hmm. to me, that's what I would get out of it. Like, oh, I got I got hurt for nothing. I mean, look at last year's season. You and I was using offensive tackles as tight ends because they were so hurt there. And yeah, it's boy. I can't imagine I, I would bet that there are players on that team that this is their last season. They're not coming back in the fall. 
And right. so, I mean, just a again, a selfish move to not give those kids their final games. Like, right? He had three I mean, more games. It was only three. And like Darren's saying here, I wonder that what what Spac's players and uh, recruits think. Like, yeah, I mean, unless they had some sort of team vote, maybe, and they voted like we don't we don't want to do this anymore, and we'll wait till the fall. Goodness, I mean, my Atlanta, that was not. I mean, what? I, I get yeah, it, and I get the other side. I get it. If you don't have enough players to play, but a health and safe, don't do not do the health and safety thing th- when there's only three games left. Like, health and safety, like, there, is, is an O-lineman that much more likely to get hurt if he's playing D-line? Like, I don't, I don't think so, you know, or... I don't. I just have a hard time buying it, but I, I get it. It is what it is. Um, and what do you do? You move on. You know, move on to uh, Marker Week. No more trap game. Which right. I was. I mean, I was scared as hell about that. You know, this would have been probably the biggest trap game we've had in a in ever. From I mean, number five, and then a game, and then your biggest rival. That's going to be ranked top 10, top five. They're going to be number two or three, maybe number one, depending on people if, you know, stats comes to their senses on JMU or if they, or, or, um, UND or what, or Weber drops one or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, it's so another top five matchup coming up. And then, uh, team that's a lot better than its record because it played a bunch of top 10 teams coming in with a bad record. Sandwich in between there scared me to death. Mm-hmm. Absolutely scared me to death. Yeah. No, I agree. It would have been a it would have been a scary game. Um, I think we would have taken care of business, but yes. Um, it, it, in that sense, yeah, it, it it doesn't hurt my feelings a whole lot that we don't aren't playing this game. Right. Um, but still, a completely selfish move on their part. Um, you know, speaking of a trap game, uh, not to look forward too much, but um, NDSU goes down to USD and plays. Could that be a trap game for them a little bit? You know, possibly looking ahead to our game, thinking, well, we're just going to go down to Vermillion and whoop these guys up and then we'll go play to SDSU. You know, is there potential oh, there? So. Yeah. Um, it, it's potential to be a trap game. Um, remember, it's not that long ago mm-hmm. that uh cellar dwelling us usd team went up to the fargo dome and beat them and that was when carson wentz was playing and that was a year they managed to drop one to him and to be honest this ndsu team after this und game they are i I don't know if the team is as confident as their fans tell you what their fans are real confident about the marker game already they uh they don't have this penciled in as a win it's and it's not like an arrogant thing. They're just like you guys are gonna lose when you come up here. Like, and it's not like a oh, it's gonna be a good game. And we're like they usually play that card. Like, they think they're back to walking on water. We are another all-time NDSU team. When you beat a team that's historically terrible on the road, that your team is basically designed like it's just a bad matchup for UND to try to play them right now. I don't think they match up well, but. Yeah, I, I, and we'll get into it in a bit here when we recap their games. But, you know, they're really hanging their hat on beating a UND team that was hot. But how much of it was, you know, beating a good team or how much of it was UND coming back to earth a little bit, you know, playing a tough, tough game away from home, you know, uh, kind of getting exposed a little bit. You know, you have to kind of look at it well, from a, a unbiased side of things like, you know, was was UND that good? I guess is the question that I would have. Well, I mean, if you really look at it for UND, you look at their first, what was it? Uh, three games. Their first three games were at home, right? And we mm-hmm. were a part of that. If you look at that schedule, they played a Southern Illinois team who was having a hard time practicing outdoors before the NDSU game afterwards because they don't have indoor facilities. So mm-hmm. I'm sure that that was not helpful 
and you're and they're the new conference opponent. So basically, it's like a out of conference game for people against an exotic defense that the conference isn't used to. So you get a Southern Illinois team who ends up on their third string quarterback in that game and throws a bunch of turnovers. So they win that game. Then we go up there and have a comedy of errors in the first half. They mm-hmm. manage to block a field goal, block a punt, have a punt fake work. Some timely calls happened that I'm not saying there were wrong calls, but there's no denying that they were extremely timely. Mm-hmm. And they win that game. And then they get to play USD on a Thursday, which means tra- USD had to travel on Wednesday after mm-hmm. getting back from Carbondale. Or, or Yeah, no, they were at uh, Normal coming back from normal Illinois and getting back on like early Sunday morning. So then they had Monday, Tuesday to practice and then travel Wednesday and play Thursday while UND got to have all those games at home. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm saying it was a, they had a special storm that was, you can't argue wasn't helpful in that situation. Yeah, I mean, outside of those games, they went to Western Illinois and beat them 38-21. So, yeah, I mean, uh, their win against us was impressive. They played very well, and I'm not taking anything away from them. But, you know, I think that you just have to question how how good are they. Um, And I think you have to to question that about NDSU, you know, how good are they. Same with Southern Illinois. I mean, they beat NDSU, then they get whooped by us. Um, and same with us. I mean, we yeah. whooped Southern Illinois, beat Northern Iowa, but we get we got beat by UND. So, I mean, a lot of parity at the top yep. of the valley this year. Um, and so, you know, these next few weeks will really um, tell the tale of, I guess, who's who's actually for real. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 definitely crowded up up at the top. There's no doubt about that. Um, right. Well, and there's basically four good teams, you know. So if NDS, NDSU drops, I, I oh god, I I'm gonna say this on the internet. Yeah, um, I hope USD wins this game. I, I don't think feel there's bad fun. about it. I hope NDSU <laughs> loses every game they ever play. But um, and 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 like Darren brought up, they 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 allegedly broke. Wentz broke his arm or wrist in that game. I have also heard that possibly it was from punching a locker in frustration and that became a thing. Um, <laughs> but the story is he played through a broken wrist and that was part of the issue. Uh, is Wentz going to break his arm this game? No, because he's in Indianapolis and he's got he usually lasts three games before he gets hurt in the NFL <laughs> um, shade trying to, re- <laughs> uh, trying to revive his career in Indianapolis. Yeah. I mean, who we'll see how but, it goes. Uh, right. You know, there's really four teams at the top of the Valley and you're realistically vying for three playoff spots. I'd say five. I'd five teams. I, Missouri I, state is a dark horse. That's what I was going to say. Like at this point you have to keep Missouri state yeah. in the, in there, in the conversation. I mean, they're three and you one. Do. Um, you, do. you know, they've they had Southern Illinois this week. I mean, they, they beat UNI last week. So that was, that was their first, you know, I'd say big win for them outside of that. They played That's... Western Illinois and USD. So, you know, they've had an easier schedule this year, but I mean, three and one's three and one. And, and yeah, like you said, they play Southern Illinois. So it'll, yeah. it'll really be down to a top four after this week. I'm really um, not sold on them making it this and being in the top five and making it top five instead of a top four because they beat you and I, but you and I didn't have McElvain and we all watched you and I. McElvain's that offense. Their offense is bad with him and it's It's really bad with it. Like, can you, I I don't even want to, I I haven't watched the game. I don't want to because that sounds gross. Without, I mean, that would be bad football to watch you and I's offense without without McElvain. It's just the reality of it. So I'm not sold on them, um, but we'll see. They get to play Southern Illinois this weekend, and let right. let's not kid ourselves. Bobby is it Bobby Petrino down there? It's Petrino. Mm-hmm. It's one of the brothers, and his brother's out in Idaho. 
but um, he's not a bad coach. He's a bad guy. Like, he's mm-hmm. not a good person. Like, I'm not asking him. To, I, I, I'm not going to ask him to babysit my daughter ever because <laughs> I'd have to shoot him. But uh, uh, he's he's a good football coach. There's a reason he was he was a coach at Arkansas, and there's a reason it took a scandal for him to leave and he didn't get fired. You know, mm-hmm. the guy, the man's a good football coach, and it really does for the first time in a long time feel like Missouri State's got some actual momentum here. I mean, they I know Central Arkansas is not playing this this spring. They played in the fall, but they were going to be a top 25 team and they only lost to them by one possession. They played them twice, but one of them they only lost by one possession. So they got some talent down there. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, let's go ahead and recap the games that did happen last weekend outside of ours. Um, we had Illinois State, the uh, quitters of the Missouri Valley. They beat Western Illinois at home, and apparently they just wanted to get a home game in before they quit. Um, in that one, we had both picked Western Illinois to cover, and they did. And, they- <laughs> um, and then you had Youngstown State winning at home against USD. Uh, twenty-eight to ten. That's kind of a uh, that's kind of an embarrassing loss for USD. I mean, Youngstown State. Yeah. We know <laughs> we know that you know they they were improving. Youngstown State was, but um, to get beat twenty-eight to ten is rough. Hopefully, they can pick it up next weekend or this coming weekend against NDSU. Obviously, we yeah. beat Southern Illinois forty-four to three. We covered. Um, Youngstown State just covered that last one too, by the way. Um, so we got all three of those right. And then, um, unfortunately, I picked UND, who got uh, whooped, I'll say. Uh, NDSU beat them at home 34 to 13. Um, and then Missouri State went down to Northern Iowa and won 13 to 6. Now, you said I was 3 and 2. I didn't pick you. Uh, I, 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 I fixed that. So, so what what was I actually? I've been lied I, to in our pre-production meeting here, and, and I feel a little hurt by it. I'm not sure what's wrong with my... So I, I God, keep this... You're, you're oh, an yeah, engineer. It's only six games. Or like four no, or I five games. <laughs> I, something happened to my spreadsheet where it uh, is calculating wrong. But you did go 5-0. and oh, So congratulations... <laughs> I went four and one because I picked UND, unfortunately, but you went five and oh. Good job. Fade this. So yeah. you now you're up by two picks. I got some work. Yeah. To I was down by a bunch too to out the gate. I was down by like three picks. Comes roaring back to take the worst lead in hockey, a two game lead. <laughs> we'll see if you can <laughs> if you can keep her going going forward. But um yeah, uh that's what happened last weekend. Some big games. Well, I wouldn't say big games coming up this weekend. Um uh, probably the biggest one is um Missouri State and Southern Illinois. Um that one's definitely a, a um, elimination game I would think uh, from the playoff race. Um I mean, at this point, we can bring up the maybe we should bring up the top twenty-five now and check that out. Oh, I suppose um, we can do that. But you know, the interesting thing is, right now, I mean, say Missouri State wins this weekend, Oops. we could have we could have four teams that are sitting at with one loss right now in in the Missouri Valley, right. and we know that four teams aren't going to make it from Missouri Valley. Um, and so it'll be it'll be real interesting. Um, so Brennan brought up the AGS poll any given Saturday, um, which we had used in the past. They didn't start out the season, but they picked it up. Um, so we'll use theirs from now on. That's kind of the uh, to me the most respected poll in FCS, the one that usually gets it the the closest to being right, especially when it comes like tournament time. They're they're real accurate. Um, yeah. They've got Sam Houston. Sam Houston State and Weber State tied at the top of the poll. 
which never um, happens. That's insane. It is weird. Um, uh, I think that Brennan and I both agree that Sam Houston State's overrated at this point. They've only played three games, yep. and you got to question their strength of their schedule. Um, but yep. they are three and zero, and you know, with uh, all of his teams in Missouri Valley have one one loss, and James Madison just not have any quality wins. Um, Sam Houston's up there. Um, yeah, uh, and. And one thing to remember, um, since you know we're all obviously Valley fans and things like that, most of these conferences are not playing nearly as many games. Right. Um, a lot of them are playing four game seasons or six game seasons at the most. So, Sam Houston with three wins, I mean, they're still most of the way through their schedule. It's just kind of how it's going to be. Right. And Weber State, they've only got two games in so far. Right. And again, you know, I mean, they're they've played Idaho state and UC Davis. So, I mean, they don't have real impressive wins. Well, UC Davis is sitting at 14. They actually look pretty impressive this year. I, yeah. So, I mean, they've got that one, I guess they won 18 to 13. They are living Um, a lot off a reputation though. Right. Uh, I mean, outside of uh, UC Davis did beat Idaho and, and Cal Poly, Cal Poly pretty handily, but Anyway, it's just tough. It's a weird season. You know, it's nice that in the Missouri Valley we've got a good slate of eight games where we can get a good gauge yep. of teams. Um, outside of that, you know, it's it's going to be tough for the the committee selecting to try to compare these teams, you know, when they've got, you it's know, be- odd schedules and, you know, missing games. And, you know, it's, it's going to be crazy. But the AGS poll does have those two teams at the top. And then they've got – uh, NDSU at three, SDSU at four, separated by only 10 votes. Um, so, I mean, almost a, a, a two-way tie for third place there, um, which, you know, I think they're almost interchangeable at this point. You know, that was a good, really, really good win against UND. Um, so, I mean, that they definitely get the the credit there. Um, but I mean, they're, they're, I think you can make an argument for us being above them, but I think, I think it's right to see us about even in the poll. Right. I mean, right now, arguing SDSU over UND over NDSU, if you're going just off of resumes, is a dog chasing its tail mm-hmm. at this moment when they all share, um, you know, the head to head loss in that circle. So, and, and Southern Illinois as a part of that as well. Right. I mean, if you go through the top floor four, it's a, it's a circle. The guys all beat each other. So sorting that rat's nest out is that's what the rest of the season's for, baby. That's why there's three more weeks left and two more games. No doubt. So after that, we've got James Madison, number five, North UND at number six, and then Jacksonville state, Delaware, Kennesaw state and Southern Illinois rounding out the top 10. So you have four Missouri Valley teams in the top 10. Um, if you could scroll down there, is Missouri State even on the top 25? They are. It's clocking Number in at 24. 24. So they could they could make a big jump this week if they can beat Southern Illinois. Otherwise, Southern Illinois will kind of hang out in that top 10 range. But, uh, again, I mean, you know, we, we alluded to it before that our game this last week against Southern Illinois was a huge game for playoff implications. Um, you know, if we yep. if we would have lost that game against Southern Illinois, you're in a must-win situation against NDSU to even yep. have a chance at making the playoffs. Um, right. We're in a situation right now where, you know, obviously we want to go win against NDSU, but if you lose that game, I think there's an outside chance. We'd be, definitely be on a bubble at that point um and yeah. we don't want to put ourselves there but you know at this point i think southern illinois is squarely on the bubble they have no room for error and even if they went out uh it's gonna be it, it'll be tough yeah i mean southern illinois you do not want to have two losses you right. don't and and realistically we want southern illinois to win out because it looks Very that true. much better on our resume. If if Southern Illinois goes down and loses to Missouri State, which is possible because they're on their third string quarterback now, um, then it it just takes a lot of wind out of that win, which really is riding on Southern Illinois having beaten NDSU. Um, we really want that win to stand up 
we don't, but realistically, you don't want to have two losses. If if Southern Illinois wins out, it's and then we drop the NDSU game. Now we're sitting there, and it's between us and Southern Illinois. And yeah, we have the head-to-head win, but they've got the win over NDSU. You and I has is falling apart, so that won't be a good win anymore. So if they beat Missouri State, that might actually be a better win, and you're leaving it in the hands of fate, especially yeah. with the limited amount of larges. Yeah, it is. That's a crazy scenario to think about. That you know we could be sitting tied with them record-wise, and that even though we have that head-to-head win over them, they may get selected over us. Yeah, I mean, there's it, it, no guarantee. And for playoff standings, I'll I'll pull up. Um, Sam Herder uh, did the bracketology here for uh, for what he expects. Some of it's predictive. Some of it is based off of where people sit today and things like that. But when you look at it here, um, as of right now, he's got us as the number one seed. And one loss. I mean, he had he had Southern Illinois as as a, a seed, I think, last week when he did this. And then we went and beat the brakes off of him, and he doesn't even have him in the field anymore. It can happen that quick. Yeah. Well, I mean, UND was probably a top seed too, and now they're number 16. I mean, they're squarely on the bubble. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, it's – and that's what's crazy is, like, he's – He's projecting. I mean, this is a bracketology, so he doesn't obviously know how it's going to play out. But he's saying that I think right. at this point, this would be obviously assuming that SDSU would beat NDSU. Yep. And but that's the crazy thing, and and how much this NDSU game matters is that if we win it and then we take care of business against USD, we're probably a top two seed. If we lose it, yes. And even if we take care of USD, we might not make the playoffs. Yep, it's, it's just it's a uh, very real it's, possibility. It's so weird, but that is that's the that's definitely I, a possibility I, at this point. I, I mean, it makes it, it it makes for really exciting football. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it does. The, like it when when that West uh, the Youngstown State game when we were making that drive down the field, it wasn't. <laughs> Like it wasn't a damn, like I'm pissed that we dropped that we could drop this game to Youngstown State. It was this is the season, oh my god, oh yeah, type of feeling. Yeah, it was hanging every game, (laughs) it was hanging every balance, man. I mean, even down to that field goal where like it's our third string, you know, snapper, and it's like the season was hanging in the balance. If you don't complete that snap and make that field goal. We may not even, even if we went out, we may not make the playoffs. So it's just, right. yeah, it's what a crazy season. But it, yeah, like you said, it's making for some exciting football. That's no doubt. I mean, it's been fun. It's been a fun season. And and it, it's just wild. I mean, you can go in two weeks, in one week, we could go from being projected as the number one seed to out. <laughs> That's, that is so insane, but it's so fun because – and, and the marker game is going to mean everything like it should, like it always does. I mean, it, there's always huge seeding implications and everything on that game. But as of right now, it in this this would be Sam projecting us to beat NDSU. We would be a seed. And SDSU fans, I hope you're watching or you're listening because what a dream bracket would this be? We would get mm-hmm. Holy Cross in the first round, which – better win that game right and then the upcoming round would be ndsu or incarnate word so ndsu (laughs) in brookings in the playoffs as the number one seed with the opportunity opportunity to exercise some demons (laughs) and yes oh i have goosebumps if that were to i have goosebumps thinking about it i do yeah, it's it's exciting. Um, I mean, it it's just so much hanging on that game in in a week and a half here. Um, and you know, the interesting part is, you know, I know he's got it projected the way he does right now, but if NDSU loses to us, now they have two losses. 
and yeah. that the head-to-head loss loss to Southern Illinois. So, right. are they on the bubble then? You know, I I don't know. Right. Well, even more fun, and and Chad has brings this up. He says, uh, "I guess I don't want USD winning uh, and giving the furry cows more motivation for our game." Uh, very well contested overtime win for NDSU is what I hope for, and I hundred percent. Um, get that line of thought. I don't think NDSU has lost back-to-back games since probably 2008. Picture this. USD have two losses going into that game. We talk about how two losses has he on the bubble. And we get to roll into Fargo in their own house Mm -hmm. and knock them out of the playoffs. Knock them out of playoff contention. Picture that euphoria after that game. How good would you feel to be able to knock them out of the playoffs without having to face them in the playoffs? Yeah. Because let's be honest, it is what we are to do if they're in the play. If we're both in the playoffs, we're playing NDSU. Like there's like a 50% chance we're playing NDSU. And then you have to beat them in the playoffs. I would much rather have the opportunity to knock them out in the regular season. Right. But that's just I mean, me, and, and and I I tend to have a contrarian viewpoint when it comes to NDSU and games and else and things like that. Yeah, it, even if I mean, if we do beat them, even if they win against USD, there's a chance they won't make it. But for sure, if they if they lose against USD, yeah, their their backs are against the wall. There's no way they're making it if we win. So, yeah, I mean, either way, I mean, you got to go up there and get that win. Um, Especially in a season where, you know, I think we've talked about it a bunch of times. Uh, this has the potential to be one of the better, if not, you know, up there being, you know, top three, whatever teams that SDSU has ever had talent wise. And so, you know, I guess what I'm saying is now's the time. Let's go do it. Yeah. And, and it, it's oh, it's so hard. I just hope if if this team plays mistake free football, and I'm not talking Which, minor mistakes. I'm talking none of the major mistakes. Take care of the football. Stop having block kicks. Don't fumble punts. Things along those lines. If they do that, this team and no stupid penalties. It it there's so much potential. Yeah, with this team. I mean, it has the I think, potential, but they got to prove it. Yeah, I think you we know? saw some of that. Some of that in this game. I mean, I think they played three quarters of complete football. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that first quarter was obviously sketchy, but um, it was nice to see three consecutive quarters and not have that third quarter lull like we've had in almost every other game, um, and really be able to finish out a game against a really good team. So. You know, I think we saw glimpses of how good this team can be. Yeah, and, and it's exciting. But we're coming up on an hour here. We should probably get into our picks. And Let's roll through them here. All show next week. Yes. Talk about the big showdown. That's right. So for this week, um, pulling up the last line here. Uh, there we go. So we got a bunch of home dogs. Home dogs. We got UND going to Youngstown State. UND is favored by 13. I'll take UND. I think they bounce back against a, a tough loss against NDSU. Um, it is a big spread, and Youngstown State is having some success, but I think UND uh, bounces back in this one. I think Youngstown State has proven they're really on the rise. I love this line. I absolutely love this line. Give me Youngstown State all day. They are the style of ball that UND does not like to play against, and I think that they just. And, and here's the other thing: there, there is a hangover effect that happens in NDSU rivalry games. For us mm-hmm. against them, we both have the hangover. There's both a noticeable mm-hmm. physical hangover in the next game. But for other teams, there is a hangover from playing a physical game with NDSU. UND is going to be hurting. And they have to go on the road again. 
to Youngstown, a place they've never been during COVID year. Give me Youngstown all day. I think I think Youngstown's going to win. That's a bold pick. Um, I I don't blame you for making that call. I just I do think UND is still a good team. I'm not going to judge them too much for going into Fargo and losing like that. Um, that's a I mean NDSU was jacked up for that game. They were ready to go. They knew it was a must win for them, especially with the game against us still on the schedule. Um, so you know I I'm not going to fault them too much for that one. I'm gonna I'm gonna take them bouncing back here and win by two touchdowns. Uh, the next game we got is Northern Iowa goes to Western Illinois. Um, Western Illinois is a three-point dog in this one. I'll take the dog. I'm going to go Western Illinois. Um, I th- it's tough not knowing if McIlvain's going to play or not. But, um, yeah, I, I think you or UNI is in a position where two and three, probably not going to make the playoffs. They at least have the cojones so far to finish out the season, unlike Illinois State. And so uh, kudos to them for that. However, I think they're not going to be as motivated. I think Western Illinois is going to win this game. I think they'll throw the ball all over the field and uh, score some points. So I'll take a three-point dog there. I am going to go on a limb here, and I'm going to put my faith in that UNI defense because that defense is sick nasty. And honestly, I think the UNI defense is going to actually score some points for them with how much Western Illinois scores, and they'll squeak out a win. So I'll take the points with UNI. UNI doesn't get points very often. No. Yeah, I. well, they're minus three. They're favored by three. Oh, Fine, then then give me you and I anyways. I, yeah. I heard you wrong <laughs> for some reason. So um and then you NDSU is going down to USD. Um they'll feel at home there because they're both just awful, awful um indoor stadiums. Um yes. but they uh weird things happen down over a million. What do you think the spread is on this one? I think the spread is going to be 24 points. It's 20 and a half, which is real tempting to take NDSU because you got that hook there with uh, you can get a 21-point win and still win, um, mm. which is what I think I'll do. I think I'll take NDSU. Um, I think they'll take some momentum off this last game, and they'll take care of business down uh, against USD. Who showed last week that they are uh, struggling a bit? Yeah, USD is, is incapable of stopping the run game. So, uh, and their offensive line is still a dumpster fire. So, a bad at block stopping the run and a bad offensive line against NDSU, who has a really good defensive line and only can run the ball. That's a terrifying. You're gonna get. You're gonna die. So give me give me NDSU. Yeah. I want USD to win. I still do, but oh no, I, no. I, I don't, they don't have a shot. I don't. I'm sorry. Right. Last this is game a bad of the week. Matchup. I agree. Last game of the week, we've got um, Southern Illinois going to Missouri State. Uh, Southern Illinois is favored by ten and a half in this one. That's a real tough line. Um, yeah, not sure where to go there. It'll be interesting. Southern Illinois got some quarterback problems that they showed against us. And I don't know how much of that was, you know, how far they were out of the game. They were just trying some things out. But uh, they have some issues. Missouri State's playing better. I'm going to take Missouri State plus 10.5 there. I think we covered that one. Yeah. I In, in Plaster, I got to agree with you. I think uh, Southern Illinois is going to win. I think they're going to win, but we also beat the hell out of them, and they're, like, physically. They have a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. So I think Southern Illinois will win, but with it being at Missouri State, I think it'll be a closer ball game than 10.5 points. Yep. And unfortunately, we do not have a game to pick for SDSU due to some selfish, weak individuals in uh, weak sauce Illinois State. Yes. But 
we do we will be looking forward to next week um be sure to tune in next tuesday night around 8 15 to 8 30 um we possibly will have hank on to preview that one um we'll see if he wants to hop back on but um i do before we go i want to shout out to oral roberts good for them made sweet 16 couple huge huge wins over the weekend representing the summit league Um, make us that money exactly yeah but you know i mean good for them obviously you know we we'd rather it be us but if it's not us and as long as it's not ndsu or usd i'll root for a summer league team in the tournament and so that was that was fun to see them beat ohio state and and that florida game was real tough so good for them uh hopefully you can keep it going yeah i mean that's awesome for them big shout out for them uh i mean it it i am pushing down my bitter jealousy (laughs) (laughs) that they're having this run yeah you know when they just haven't been a very consistent program but i am happy for them i'm happy um you know i'd say make that money because uh in case you didn't know every tournament win is worth a tournament share or however they put it which basically means more money for the conference which gets split among conference schools and Mm -hmm. so make us that money go yeah i mean They've got a, a winnable game coming up this week or coming up on Saturday, I think. So tune in and watch them. But, um, yeah, we'll see how the Missouri Valley games go this week. We'll react to them next week and preview NDSU. Hell, yeah. Perfect. All right. We went over an hour. Sorry about that. But uh, we'll we'll try to do better next week. Uh, with <laughs> yeah. that, uh, go big, go blue. Go, go Jacks. Jacks.